Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Tim. And? Oh yeah, we got... This is, for those of you this listening... This is my son, Eugene. Kyle's holding up a baby. Yeah, and he is, that is a Citadel paint pot he's chewing on. Um, I'm pretty sure that he can't break that seal. As but, long as it's yeah. not the Nolan oil, he'll be fine. That's yeah, I mean, <laughs> acrylic paint is non-toxic anyway, right? Yeah. All you got is a mess. That's all you like. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you can see, my, my kid bedtime situation is a little bit uh, in flux at the moment. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna soldier on. And have a cute baby on the, on the this screen. is it's yeah. you know funny okay, with, the, with the kids stuff uh we were looking at doing a um i don't know when yet but soon we're going to do a stream here i've got the studio finally set up and uh jeremy's going to come over and we're going to stream and i was like well who is going to run the actual stream because i have to play and jeremy so my uh one of my sons really wants to get into streaming and it wanted to start his own YouTube channel and he's going to be 16 soon. And I was like, you know what? I'll just have him like, I'll teach him and I'll have him run it. Like, you know, so I don't know, this is starting to become a family operation. You get him about five years older, Kyle, and you could ship him up here. I'll put him in the shop and he can work. There you go. My daughter turns six next month. So oh, perfect. If she can put Gar Saxon <laughs> shield cards into envelopes uh i have a job for her <laughs> she she loves mailing things to people they're oh, usually fantastic. they're usually like crayon drawn pictures but i'm sure that like she could make an exception as a cheese yeah <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised yeah. at the random things that she likes yeah. to put in envelopes uh, uh hey then i've got a perfect job for her oh man but yeah speaking of those shield cards they're coming everybody Please stop asking me if you filled out the form, you're going to get it. There's just literally we're encroaching 5,000. I'm doing my best, please. Uh, my post office didn't carry that many stamps. Uh, and so I'm buying stamps as I go. I just got uh, between international and domestic. I just got like um, 3,000 more stamps. Uh, so I'm doing I'm doing the best I can. I'm getting them out. If you filled out the form, you're going to get one eventually we're doing them in batches so some of your friends probably got them already and you didn't but you will i promise they're coming okay i promise i promise I promise we're we're doing um i think we've got about 1500 uh that we're getting ready to do uh tomorrow and wednesday um so you know hopefully by the time you guys hear this we would have mailed those out already so please just you're going to get it. It's just, I, I really don't think you guys appreciate how many 5,000 is <laughs> like envelope stamped Gar Saxon shield card in a little plastic bag. So it doesn't get wrecked into an envelope and sealed and then put, I mean, plus printing the, the addresses on it, getting them from that form to print them, to put them on. I'm working on it. I love you guys. They're coming. Okay, just everybody relax. Yeah, I mean, think about how, like, those that have done wedding invitations, you know, that was probably like, you know, maybe <laughs> like at most like 200. Yeah. Think about how many 5,000 is. 
And, and that's on top of everything else we do, you know, Stormtide, uh, our normal store operations, uh, you know, podcasts, uh, everything else. Like I'm, we're getting there. I swears it. I swears it, everybody. Uh, it is, it is moving along. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's coming. Sorry. I didn't mean to just jump into that. It's just a lot of people. And then people were asking me, well, are you going to do errata cards and all the other print and play dude? Not today. Uh, I have these car Saxons that I've promised I have to get out. So we'll get those out and then we'll, we'll see what I do in the future. But as of right now, I'm just worried about the present. Um, you got any other housekeeping while we're, while we're in this area? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we launched, uh, if you guys haven't seen, we launched some new order tokens. They're battle force or battle ready, not battle force specific at all. Uh, <laughs> just battle ready tokens that may or may not match particular battle forces that you may or may not have. Uh, and so those are in the store now. They sh- they'll be, uh, I'm very excited. So, so everybody knows the, the, we're producing these now in house. So this, again, going back to like to the storm tide thing, this American, you know, all American made, I can control the, the, you know, the, the, um, what you call it a little bit more, the word just fell out of my head, but supply it, chain. yeah, thank you. I could control the supply chain way better. Um, so we're actually just producing these ourselves. So, so those are going to be the first order tokens that we're doing that. I'm really excited about that. Those will be shipping the week of August 5th. Um, probably before the fifth because that's the gen con weekend and i'll be at gen con so um they will be available they're they're going to be coming soon um let's see what else we got uh you know check out uh storm tide is going to be shipping here in a couple weeks the we're back at it i'm really excited about that uh so that'll be out coming out we've got uh, uh you know i'll spoil it here so we we're actually doing something new so for those of you that didn't know and storm tide in the past is basically to kind of simplify it, it was one story that you both read right and it, you just kind of read it and it was giving you you know it's kind of non-commander or ship specific it was just a generalized story that either person could read and be like oh that's my ship you know well now we're doing divergent storylines so each player has their own story that they're following and they're going to have their own uh this is really cool so objectives and and deployments are going to be different so instead of putting them on one card like we do in you know regular legion and how we have been doing you'll each get your own debrief briefing sheet for the mission and you'll have a specific objective that you have to achieve that the other ship may have a different one and you're you will only see your deployment when you're deploying and so you'll see as they're deploying their units what their deployment is so and along with that is this divergent storyline which you know um, there's all this great stuff we've got a great new writer matt uh he's he is doing it's gonna kind of hopefully my dream eventually is it for it to be like a choose remember those choose your own adventure stories where like the decision you make without like you know before we we're doing forms as like global decisions but ideally what i'd like to come down to is choices that you make in these games will dictate what happens to you 
specifically moving forward now it's you know it's still going to be within parameters right because i can't i can't predict everything but you know ideally within these parameters you'll be able to have some kind of uh, you know uh room to to grow your your forces your commander your story a little bit more on top of the skill trees we're already doing so um i'm very excited about that and that is uh so that's season we're on season two this is box four of season two if you wanted to sign up you don't even have to sign up season one if you start with season two box one we'll also have season two quarter one up this week as well so you could just start with the first three boxes of season two and that'll get you into it and and going you, you don't actually need season one if you don't want it um so so that's really exciting and then as always support us on patreon you know all these guys and and girls that do the do the blog and and the podcasts and everything um you know we like making them comfortable and happy for do, doing all this great work and so your patreon dollars support that um we're gonna try to be a little bit more interactive with the patreon it's it's been a little dormant because we've been so busy so for those of you that are on patreon you can start expecting stuff soon uh, to be happening and then uh, we're also going to be doing a live q a monthly i think we're going to start that in september just with everything going on you know there's like a bunch of shows coming up there's a lot lot going on in august uh for everybody so i think probably september is when we'll start that up and and i'll i'll round up our you know the cats here over at the fifth trooper and get them ready to do a live q a which i think we'll do on twitch or something you know and just uh i think it would be cool uh, i'm kind of thinking about this out loud but it would be cool we have the studio set up uh which i was just saying for like live streams and stuff but we could have a camera set up and maybe we could talk about you know somebody asks us how to do a particular move or how something works well you know kyle or somebody could be explaining it and I could be moving them around on the table so that we have visual aids to that as well. You know, I think that would be kind of interesting, um, but we'll, we'll get to that. And, and you guys will, you guys will all get notified of that. Um, trying to think, I think that's, I think that's it. If you want to, if you want to say hi, I'll be at Gen Con um, walking around. I'm just going to, you know, trying to meet people and kissing babies and, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, and then Nova, Kyle and I and Bushman and I think Bushman and Evan are going to be at Gen Con too. So, and Nova, so that, you know, there's a bunch of us that are going to be at these shows coming up. So, you know, make sure you pop in and say hi to us, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think you're, you're playing in Nova, right? I am playing. in Nova. Okay. Same yep. day you are. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm really excited because we have a particular topic that's going to affect that. So why don't we just, you want to just get right into it? Yeah, Kyle, go ahead. Tell, right. a, tell everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to, I got to eat some crow here. Um, I was oh. one. Oh, I'm so, guys, I'm, <laughs> this is, I am so happy right now. I can't even go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was 100% wrong about delaying tactics. Um, I literally just misread the card. Uh, so what it says is that there is an, ex it does not work on commander tokens. What it does not say is that it does not work on operative tokens. Yes. Like yeah. every other card in the game that has an exclusion for characters of some kind. <laughs> um, this is, this is the first card that I've ever seen for Legion that only has an exclusion for commanders. 
but not for operatives. Yeah. Um, that's a target enemy ability. You know, you have you have ones like ploy that have like a special carve out that also let them work with operatives. Right. But um, this is the first like target and enemy unit ability that works on operatives, but not commanders. <laughs> so when I read the card, I just to me it was like the same language as the super tactical droid one pip. Um, you know, which which says that it, you can't kick back a commander or operative token, uh, but that's not true. You can kick back an operative token, um, and there's no like minimum orders like on SAP comms. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> if if your opponent's playing Jedi Luke or Operative Vader or Shadow Collective Maul without the dark saber, um, you can just like throw their order back in the pool, and it's like playing Anakin's flaw card on one of those characters. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, basically what it means is if they die, if they try to do a last first and somebody asked us what last first was. So last means you activate that unit last during a during a turn phase to then activate them first in the next turn phase. And, and basically the design of that is so they're safe to do what you need them to do in that next turn, whether it's Luke killing something, Boba grabbing a box and running, like whatever, whatever those things are, whatever you're trying to achieve. So basically what this means is if Luke, let's use Luke as an example, dives into my front lines of my echo base that I have, my Leia echo base, and thinks he's going to sun a Skywalker that next turn, I'm going to go ahead and play that card. His order token is going to go back into his thing. And I'm probably going to give that to a Vets, which is going to give it to an MK or whatever's in base with him. And I'm going to withdraw and then shoot him until he dies. Or until he pulls his token, which <laughs> could be a long time because right, it's right. one token out of 10, probably. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's basically Anakin's flaw card in that situation, which is to say that it's like devastating. <laughs> um, and, you know, if with one of these force users, another common play is you might not even necessarily want to go first. You just want to kind of hold your action until after the unit yeah. that you're in melee with goes so that you can remain safe. Um, and this just completely messes up your timing. Yeah. Um, it's which so is, good. yeah. And I, like, I would go so far as to say, um, if you're going to a tournament and you expect to see Echo Base, um, I, like I wouldn't play Operative Mall for Shadow Collective. Like this is just another check in the Darksaber like I'm just going to build him with the dark saber to give him that commander rank and make him immune to this card. Um, yeah. If I'm running a Jedi Luke list, I'm going to give one of my snipers an uplink. Like I'm going to find the ten points to do that so that I can flip that uplink when this card gets played. Because having like Jedi Luke or Darth Vader or Maul's token in the bag on a key turn is like not palatable. <laughs> yeah, and and um, listen, I think. Uh, you know, we had talked in our group chat and a lot of you are going to say, yeah, but and Kyle said this and other people and fifth trooper have said this. I'm not going to give up like if I'm going to run Luke or something else in the echo base list, I'm not going to give up their one pips for this. It's not for them. What it's for is the list that we talked about. And if you're following us on social, on our Twitter or our Instagram, I posted a full painted army of the echo base that I had talked about on last week's podcast. It's for the gunline echo base to basically be a, a buffer and a protection against a melee, uh, a melee dive from an operative or even, you know, like I was even thinking special forces, like if the, uh, you know, the Magna Guard or something dive in or Wookiees dive in and they're going to 
pull that token the next turn so that they can chop down. Well, I just play that card and I said, nah, put that back in your bag. Um, and so it really makes that list stat gun line list for me playing Leia a lot, a lot stronger and a lot better and a lot more options. I would even take this if I'm running Luke commander Luke in a Hoth list, I would probably take this over serve. Okay. Um, yeah, you, can, you can give him an order with it still. Uh, it's still useful in those other situations, but like in the situations that we just talked about, it's basically game winning yeah. um, in a way that serve isn't going to be. So um, I would consider taking it even in an operative Luke list, or sorry, not an operative Luke list, in a Jedi Luke list. So, dang it, Commander, Commander. Luke. <laughs> well, what is that? Especially for Com Commander yeah. Luke also is generally not the greatest in duels. Right. In Force user duels. And this could just give him the upper hands he needs to just, I mean, he won't win the duel. The gun line will win the duel, but uh, yeah. <laughs> bring, bring guns to a saber fight and win. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. I, I can tell you all, I have played Echo Base. It is crazy good. Uh, and I played it with Alea, Rebel Officer. They had electro binoculars. I played three Rebels with the their up and offensive push i played three the mks with link targeting array for the laser cannons with barrage generator and i put emergency transponders on them um i'm actually thinking about switching out the emergency transponders for targeting scopes on the vets uh just to play around but i could tell you this is ruthlessly efficient gun line and you know you're basically focused on giving all your core, you know, you want your core units to have the orders. So everybody's got orders. So your fire supporting, you've got, you've got aims, you've got standbys, you've got dodges, like the token spamming on this list is incredible with, with everything you have going on. Um, it's a really, really good list. And those, and I think the cards for sure are kind of what take it from a good to great list. Uh, but I think just this list alone is good. And then you add those cards in, you are like, oh, now I have protection from melee dive for the most part, you know, unless they're running a commander. Uh, I have, you know, I now have a turn where if you're playing, you know, key positions, uh, intercept the transmissions, uh, maybe even recover. Like I'm going to like blow you off the table one turn, whatever tries to take that middle is going to probably die uh you know at least one or two units um i don't think people really realize how strong vets are without any of this shenanigans so all this other uh, dude, it's so good it's such a good list um just i think it i'm not hot take i would say this list the way i have it built is probably the best gun line list that's out there right now I like the Luke version better, but I'm with you that it's probably an echo base list. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to play off your comment on vets there, I think even outside of the echo base context, um, besides like the Jedi Luke, you know, four to five DLT captain list, um, I think you could make the case that in a lot of other rebel list archetypes, the vets are just better anyway than rebel yeah. troopers with DLTs. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and that's something I've figured out, right? That's been my list I've talked about on here a bunch is the Luke Sabine list has vets and the MKs and the, they're just so good. And I think people don't realize 
like the whole MK move shoot into range four, you know, is just with the, they, they get critical two, uh, plus they search surge on crits. So like you, you're throwing four white dice, even without an aim, either you're likely to get at least a couple hits, if not a couple of crits. And so it's, it's really, really, really good. And I enjoy it. Um, I did have a couple people talk crap to me a little bit about how I, I said I was going to put 10,000 hours in with that other list. And this is just my side list. I'm not, I don't know that I'm maining <laughs> this one that I'm not, We'll see though. If it, it's if a it side keeps, piece. Yeah. If it keeps doing what I think it's going to do uh, and it doesn't get fixed, it may turn it. I, I may just completely turn my back on all of my things that I've said and all my promises I've made just to devastate Kyle, particularly at Nova. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, I, in, in real life, the only rebel troopers I own or rebel core I own are uh, rebel vets. So I've, I've liked them for a long time. Yeah. And they're, they're fun. And there's a, there's a lot of people that own three vets. I think, um, you know, it's possible that we see that people are like, well, who's going to go buy a bunch of FDs? Like, I think most people have the vets already. Mm-hmm. FDs are kind of everywhere. Cause you know, they were overstocked and people didn't really buy them. So there's a lot of like discounts on FDs out there at local stores. Um, you know, the barrier to this really is not as high as people might think. So, I mean, and if you like, I own one FD, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd run quad FDs, but getting two yeah. more is not a big deal, but like, if or you even just, have, just one, do like two yeah, FDs and, yeah. you know, I mean, I also think like there's like two FD, two Tauntaun, right? Yeah. The other stuff is a pretty solid list too, right? So, yeah. And yeah. like, if you do that, a lot of people own that kind of stuff, right? They'll have one or two FDs and one or two Tauntauns at least. So. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and like the thing it's kind of the, the list is interesting in other ways too, like the versatility of it. So let's say, you know, people generally go for the, the, the Mark II, the blasters, they go for them first. Right. So let's say they do and they knock one or two of them off. Well, now your vets can give orders to the, K, the FD turrets. So they're going to be able to hand, you know what I mean? So there's ways to like mitigate some of that loss, but man, I, I'm, I like everything about this list. It throws a ton of dice. It has a ton of tokens. Um, you know, I, I got to hear Kyle say he was wrong, which is amazing. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that was just off of a note. I sent him over the weekend going, Hey Kyle, I, th- I don't think you were really thinking about this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, I, yeah, it's good, you know, and, and I'm hoping that people, similarly find other lists within these new battle forces that stick out you know i i think there's opportunity there this one was low hanging fruit it was easy to see it you know just from like two minutes of talking about it you're like oh my god um and then you start adding on like offensive push and targeting scopes and all this other stuff and you're like oh i i just do whatever i want now as far as shooting so um yeah so no it's good it's good I think there's some interesting play too there with using Chewy to keep some of the emplacements yep. alive. Um, yep. Yeah, I think there's lots of potential for this beyond just the meme seven FD or seven emplacement list. Um, I mean, the the MK2 is being four health means you can't really just punk them off with snipers. Um, like in a lot of ways, mortars are easy, like the 
uh, short trooper mortar is easier to deal with uh, deal with snipers just because it's three wounds. Yeah. You can effectively deal with it in one turn with three different snipers. Whereas the MK2 with four health, um, the they go down pretty easy to you know big shots, but they do they're better blink fire. Yep. So they're they're a hassle to deal with, and if Chewie's there able to absorb any of those piercing shots, then they just get that much tougher. Yep. I mean, statistically, they're the same. Four health with a surging white save versus three health with a non-surging red save is statistically the same effective health. Yeah. Um, and then you factor in Pierce, and the MK2 is actually more durable. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, there is, before we move on, because I think we are actually going to talk some hobby today. Yeah. Um, let's. Uh, there's one more <laughs> card in this Battle Force wave that I misread that I wanted to highlight um and this is a five of the first one so of course the mistake goes in the oh, other direction yeah. um <laughs> not the making it better direction uh it is the 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 one pip that um slots into your hand is the two pip lead from uh, the front yeah lead from the front um so the extra free tokens have to be given to units uh that are within range one of your commander not at range one of your commander, which is, <laughs> you know, 95% of the time when you measure range, what you're doing, there's an important distinction, of course, in the rules between at and within. At is just, you know, any model in the unit touches a range band, touches the range band, um, which is so how most, most things are measured. Medics, like this is a trick with medics or B1 order. Sh- medics coordinate, sharing. clone yeah. trooper sharing. Yeah. Um, I mean, like attack ranges, you measure from unit leader to the opposing unit and it's at um not within almost every range in the game is at uh and you'll see the same language on almost every command card for ranges too um the only things generally that are within are objectives like breakthrough your unit leader has to be within um and when the uh, hostage hostage uh for the bonus points the hostage token needs to be within um and then bombing run uh the unit leader has to start within your deployment zone um, and within, this is explicitly called out in the RRG, when within is uh, used with respect to a range or a location, it means entirely within. Um, so for the purposes of this 501st card, uh, like it, it can apply to up to three units, but within means entirely within, like every mini in the unit, entirely within range one. So if you've got like a five model unit, all five of those models, all of their bases have to be completely within range one of your commander to get the token from this. I don't think I've ever um, seen that ever. I haven't either. I yeah. mean, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't even think and, I've seen anybody like accidentally put units within ra- three units within range one of their commander. Yeah, it would be. I'd love to see like a like a diagram of like if that's even I mean, I'm sure it's like technically possible, but you'd have pretty much most of the space within that range one radius circle like jam-packed with bases yeah because you can't <laughs> have like one guy's half his bases outside of no. the the one it has to be a hundred percent within it's i it's a very complex thing <laughs> it, it, it's also just very hard to do play-wise because you start forming a bubble not like guys like the unit leaders the front everyone behind yeah. and trying to get all that behind cover um, like anyone who's played droids knows how quickly all your spots behind cover get filled up. Yep. So 
trying to just fit like essentially four units your commander plus three behind some cover all within range one is just not good <laughs> yeah yeah and like i i can't imagine this was the intent with this card but um you know this is a game where the rules are based on words and based on the words on this card that's how it works you know, somebody posted on the forum about it and the response was like yeah it has to be within range one the entire unit every model um so this is what we have <laughs> at least right now um yep. you know so I, I don't know i guess this makes the two pip crowding less of an issue because you're just not taking this <laughs> card <laughs> right i mean because you can't even use it on like it has to be other friendly units right you so can't like, even use it on yourself because like i could yeah. see if you had like i don't know rex and like two units it's something that could maybe happen but when you're trying to fit like yeah it's just too much <laughs> yeah it's yeah it, <laughs> it makes it kind of unusable that's the bottom line yeah it's um it's real interesting right it's because it's almost like so 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 he and uh, listen i don't know but like here's the here's how it feels to me right it was it feels like a year and a half ago they heard all of us talking about how Empire and Rebels needed help. And they were like, well, we know what to do. We'll boost them with these cool battle forces, right? Which is a great idea, except for what they did was they didn't boost all four factions. They just boosted Rebels and Empire. And then they just kind of tossed some stuff together for the other two so that they could say they put out battle forces for all four. That's what it feels like. Uh, I mean... Because really, uh, the, 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 there's nothing special, really, about the, the Confederation ones. Like, they're all right, but it's not like my, it's not mind bending like, you know, like Blizzard and Echo Base are where you're like, oh, snap, there's like a brand new unit <laughs> like that can take four heavy or two heavies and talk, like what is happening? Well, and, and even I mean, the Empire one is the only one that feels like it got a lot of attention like the yeah even the rebel one like the rebel one is powerful but it's because it seems like uh there were some oversights in the direction that made the cards essentially uncapped or otherwise work on things that cards don't normally work on yeah. um whereas like you know the 501st stuff is like the opposite direction right it's like yeah uh, <laughs> so and i i don't want to read intent into any of this um you know, this is also a wave that contains like overt typos like clone commander Rex. Um, so I, I don't know. This is what we have. Um, so right now what we have is a card that requires you to uh, have a unit completely within range one of your commander to work on it. Um, I would just not take it if you're running five up first. Um, take any of the other uh, right. wonderful, wonderful two pips that you have access to. So and here's the thing. I, out of everyone, understand product, you know, uh, uh, idea to, to development, to realization, to delivery of a product, right? I'm not saying, I'm not trying to like, uh, excuse my language here, but shit talk the, the AMG at all. What I'm saying is there's clear 
miscues here. What I think needs to happen in an easy fix is instead of all this, they do these erratas, right? But they just put them in like a now a bulleted list at the end of this like RRG. They're in the new errata thing. It's just like, oh, and here's the text change for this and this and this and this. What I think you need to do, AMG, is what you did with the Garsax and what you did with the battle forces is provide them in print and play all of them with the exact words so that people can print them and, and let everybody know that those are legal print and play for these errata cards are legal. Then it's okay. Okay. You made a mistake, right? You missed something. It happens. There's a lot going on. You guys got a lot of waves going on. I'm sure. Right. There's you're probably like the way game development works. They're probably years ahead of where we are today, as far as what's launching. So just put out, fix it and put out a print and play. It's that easy and everybody will be happy and we'll all walk away and be like, yeah, all right. Yes. When it came out, that was scary. But like two weeks later, they had a fix for it and and it it seemed to work. Right. And I know what you're going to say. Well, we have to we have to dev and test all this. But if you're willing to put out print and play, the dev test cycle can be a little shorter because if you're if you're just updating print and play cards, you don't have to go into production or anything at this time, right? So you could just produce, put out print and play and say, hey, we fixed it. And then if somebody breaks it in a different way, you know, in six months, you just go, hey, we had to tweak something. Here's the new print and play, right? Like it's especially on the competitive side. I think on the, you know, the kitchen table with your buddy side, who cares? It none of it matters. It's just fun to play the game. But on our side, where we're going to tournaments, we got you. You clearly care about competitive because you have a world's coming up. So, like this is going to impact the next however many worlds invites until worlds, right? And so we got to make sure that we're not putting something out there that's egregiously broken, good and bad. That's all. And I think print plays a great way to mitigate that. I mean, the beauty of it is these are PDFs to begin with, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, there's just so many inconsistencies. It's like, um, I, I mean, they're PDFs, but PDFs are hard to edit, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. So, I, um, I will say, I don't know these battle. So I'll, let me let me let me put this out there. These battle forces did not feel the same print and play as the Gar Saxons. So I don't know that their intention was to have those as print and play cards. I think they just put them in the battle force PDF as a like a hey here's the card so you guys know. Um, because if you look at the Gar Saxon card, it's got the front and the back, and it was a very specific print and play document so that you could have it. It's so, it's it's like a more finished yeah, thing like that you can actually yeah. And so my question is, was this intended to be print and play uh at all? And so because I don't know that they've officially said that. I think they've said that you yeah, I think they've said that you don't actually need to buy the boxes. You can just yeah. use what's okay. in the PDS. I in my well, brain I have that, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, well I, the, yeah, I couldn't tell you where I heard that from, but that's my <laughs> that's my understanding. <laughs> the uh, the new stormtroopers have both sides on them. Yes, um, they do. Yeah, so but, that's one one thing that looks that's fair. Like that that's a good indication. Yeah, polished. Yes. Yeah. 
anyways, just just my hey, listen, uh, <laughs> I'm just a guy that loves this game and is trying to, you know, help make it the best that we possibly can. And so, listen, mistakes happen. Stuff falls through the cracks, dude. It's it's OK. Right. Like we just we need to come up with a way, though, where we can fix it a little bit quicker so that we as competitive players uh, aren't stuck going what's happening and huh <laughs> so yeah or in the meantime just make it so they're not for competitive play like and this isn't even a conversation you know like i That's i get right. why yeah I, I get why they want to make them for competitive play because it's you know competitive play is like you know, that's what people want to do, right? Like there's a lot more incentive to like go buy stuff and play it. If you can go do it at a tournament, than if you just have to play it at your kitchen table. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to make something legal for competitive play, it also has to be balanced for competitive play. So, yeah. um, okay. Uh, should we do some hobby? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So the, I don't know what, what you guys have there's three topics i have actually all right one of them is is just uh assembling stuff on hard plastic sprues yep um we, we i'm sure we did this topic back when b1s came out but now that we have pikes uh <laughs> we probably need to do it again unfortunately i don't have any pikes right in front of me but i do have the tools so i will do that um uh, the first thing is just to get the right tools right yep. And if, if you guys use something different, please let me know. But the first thing I would get is a pair of these boys. Uh, yep. For those that are not watching the video, this is a pair of sprue clippers. Basically like a tiny little uh, wire cutter, but it's like perfectly flat on one side, um, which means that you can get a nice clean cut when you clip something off the sprue. Um, of course, it's not always a perfectly clean cut. So the second thing you probably want is a sanding block. Um, cause a lot of times you get like a little nubbin, uh, still on the piece that you clip off. So you can just sand it down with a sanding block. You could also use a hobby knife, which is basically just an exacto knife, uh, to just like shave that off. Um, sometimes you get a little cleaner line than if you use a sanding block. Um, and the third thing is plastic glue, plastic glue. Uh, this is the Citadel plastic glue. Um, I find that this stuff, uh, yep, you've got the Tamiya extra thin, yeah. also a very common one. Um, I find that this stuff uh, creates a hold really quickly such that you can like stick it on and then leave it. Um, but it's still like a little flexible, like it doesn't bond immediately. Uh, so if you're doing stuff like, you know, that has, um, you know, the famous like multiple connection points for a dude holding a rifle or something with both hands you can kind of like stick all the arms and the wrists and stuff together and then fiddle around with it um because you have a little play because it doesn't bond instantly like super glue i hate that um, I, I like i, I, I like it very much the opposite of that okay here's why my hands aren't as steady as I think they should be when I'm doing what for doing miniatures. And so I need it to go faster because the longer that takes, the longer I have time to screw it up and like throw the arm across the room or like drop it on the floor and I'll never find it again. So like the faster that sets up and I can move on with my life, the, the better that is for me and the miniature. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, one thing I do is like at my assembling sort of station when I'm going, I have sort of a bunch of randomly different sized objects, <laughs> like sort of like old paint pots and like brushes, old brushes, like basin brushes, whatever. So that when I'm done, uh, like put the arms on a model, mm. you can sort of just lean it up against something. And especially like a lot of things like have that have rifles or whatever, sort of have like a very natural place, like under the arms to like sort of lean it against like sort of a small block or something. So like when I'm doing B1s, that's how I do them all is I like put the, put the arms on and then like set it aside on something that just sort of molds it, like keeps it in shape. Um, but I also like um, plastic glue for super, uh, B1s because they are very uh, posable and I like to like get the model mostly set up and then I can pose yeah. it a little more specifically. Um, so but yeah. but I, I don't find that like super glue sets that fast like you still have some time to like move around it's not as much time as plastic glue uh, uh, given uh but i think it's still like a reasonable amount of time that it's not like oh i put it on there oh crap like it's not like two seconds it's usually like maybe like 20 seconds still that you have to like make a decision and and get it in there you know i think i think maybe it depends on the super glue you're using you know yeah, I, I definitely. I, I just I find that I stick my fingers together when oh. I'm using super glue. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, and also like I often will find that I randomly accidentally get a little bit of dab of glue on a part of the model I didn't want. Getting yeah. super glue on a part you don't want really sucks. Getting plastic glue doesn't really matter. You just leave it and let it like harden, and then it's fine. Or just wipe it off. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, don't get me wrong. You need to use super glue for the old soft plastic stuff yes. because plastic yep. glue will 100% not bond it. Um, yep. But for the for the hard plastic stuff, I mean, I get the case for super glue too. Drying faster is nice, especially for the 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 bulkier stuff um, that's not as spindly, and you're going to have less risk to stick your fingers together or glue something wrong. Um, I think it's totally fine. Um, yeah, but for I mean, me. Also- it has its place too. Like I, I have both at my table, yep. like especially like heavier models, super gluing them to the base, like where you can't, you're like going to base over that anyway. It usually works really well. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. The second, the second hobby topic I have is um, masking. This is, this is an airbrush Ooh. thing. So I, uh, this, this is an ongoing adventure. Um, this is, this is Mr. Boosk, uh, <laughs> trend ocean terror. Um, and, uh, as you can see, I am attempting to paint him yellow. Um, but of course I did his skin, his green skin first, which of course is not picking up very well because it is green and I have a green screen. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I did that because I wanted to do it with the airbrush. Cause I wanted to do like a maybe there's a more official term for this. I wanted to do like an underspray of pink. Um, you can't see it because of the green screen, but it's this pretty cool effect where you get like this, like if you actually look at an amphibian, like some, they, sometimes they have like a different color on the bottom than on the top and it kind of fades. Yeah. Um, so it looks like that, except it's pink. And um, I took a airbrushing class uh, years ago at Nova Open. And one thing the guy said is whenever you're painting something living, um, even if it's like an alien, you should always have some kind of red or pink because that's the color of life, right? So um, that's what I was trying to do. It's way easier to do with an airbrush than blending. But of course, I forgot that painting yellow with a paintbrush is horrible. 
Um, (laughs) So uh, you can see my terrible attempts here at painting yellow with a paintbrush. Um, So now I'm like, well, I'd love to paint this with an airbrush, but I don't want to paint over my uh, Boosk alligator skin. Um, How do I do that? So I consulted with Dustin, our resident painter, and he's basically like, why don't you mask it with something? So I'm going to end up using a combination of effects here, but basically masking is when you're doing an airbrush covering up what you don't want to paint. Um, so you can see here, he has a little uh, plastic astronaut helmet, which I've constructed out of um, a hair tie and uh, a plastic baggie the corner that I've cut out. Um, and then uh, I'm going to use uh, silly putty. Um, sorry, not silly putty, poster putty for his arms and his legs. Um, God, and I'm going to see how that worked so out. So much work. It's, I assure you that it is less work than just trying to paint him yellow with a brush. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, if, I mean, yes, it's a lot of work. He's also a centerpiece model. Um, that's, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I wouldn't, there's no way I would do this. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I have like 30, more than 30, I have like 40 pikes to paint. Yeah. There's no way I would do anything that required masking with 40 pikes. Um, yeah, I mean, that right. Those are the decisions you have to make, right? It's like, say, okay, is this, is somebody going to pick this model up and look at this one? Or, you know, and that was somebody, somebody, something somebody told me early on was, hey, paint your leader of your units really good and maybe your heavy weapon. And all the other guys just kind of get through because when people pick up models, they're going to pick up the leader or the heavy weapon because they're yeah. the coolest looking ones, right? Yeah. But, dude, I really struggle. Like, I, what's that? So I want to bring up another another way to mask. Oh, Vader. This is Vader. Um, so uh, I actually won best painted at ACO for Vader, which I, I'm sure that wow. I... Wow. Um, but... Uh, uh, it was because they knew you were part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was straight bribery. Just yeah. pure uh, popular celebrity vote. Yep. Um, but you can also... I did some masking on him just with my thumb. Like yep. if, if it's just like you're just spraying with an airbrush, you just hold... Like when I did the red... You know, I was kind of going like this direction, but I only wanted it to be on the closest part, like right next to the lightsaber. So I just literally like held my finger, you know, over the rest of the model and then sprayed the red like this Mm. um, so that it didn't get elsewhere. Like you can just mask with your fingers too when you're doing an airbrush. So um, yeah, Darth Vader, everybody. Uh, Who, I have to rework my list now for delayed tactics. (laughs) (laughs) um, Now bring him. Masking is also really good for big vehicles and stuff. Yeah. Because um, doing big vehicles with airbrush is so much easier than uh, with a brush. Um, like my big AAT to do, like I did a big, like sort of line around, like a stripe around the base of it. And I just took masking tape and turned it into a circle, like a curve, just masked it all and did that. And especially big vehicles, like when I do that, I like to like, put my nice crisp painting like uh, painting tape line down but then also put like a piece of paper over the, like the rest of the model and tape mm-hmm. that down just so that you don't get any like weird off spraying or whatever or you know dropping some paint because <laughs> that happens too yeah 100 percent um you can also use like on vehicles you can use like stencils and stuff like that yeah. you know that's a essentially a form of masking but if you want to do some symbols or whatever you can either make a stencil or just print one and use it you know like if, if you want a symbol or something that you want in your vehicle just print one out from the internet and then cut out the middle part with scissors and then use it like a stencil well and you can do like our store 
for 40k terrain has some cool like a couple pieces of like cool like graffiti on it mm -hmm. and they just did that all with airbrush and just got some like graffiti stenciling yep. so you could easily get like arab or arabesh arabesh um stenciling for like especially like i don't know like tattooing buildings whatever yep and stencil on some graffiti and make it look a little bit more lived in yeah it looks super good and it's really easy yeah so <laughs> yep. uh dude i you guys man i literally i i don't have i i listen i'm a very impatient man to begin with i, I think <laughs> this is clear but like i don't have time for all this masking bullshit like i'm just like all right, let's hit this thing. How can I get this fastest to production as possible? Um, and listen, I make a lot of mistakes. I screw a lot of stuff up and I have to start over generally. So maybe I'm not saving any time, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't have time for this. So like, I'll spend a lot of time on my heroes. So like when I was working on that, um, the echo base list that you guys see pictures of, like my generic commander and my Leia, I, I spent the most time on, but really realistically i didn't spend that much like i wasn't like significantly dumping time in this i'm like because i think there's also a part of all of us where part of us i think we feel like potentially we're going to be judged not just not just in the painting competition i, I don't mean like literal judging yeah. but you know like you you always feel like ah people are going to pick these up and judge us and 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 uh, you know think one thing or another about us but at some point recent history i've just become more of like oh i just don't care i just need to get this done so that we can like put this on the table or take it to an event or do you know i just need it to be colored and look halfway decent i'm i'm not you know, Dustin or Serestro, or I'm not one of these guys. I'm just a guy. Like, so I just got to get this done and get it out there and get it to this event or, or to a recording or something so that we can just move on. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of similar. Like, so I'm actually doing a bunch of training right now because I'm currently now running biweekly Legion events at our game store. And I've actually, it's got me really good practice for, because I've done a lot of rocks, just like sort of rock outcrops printed a bunch up and painting them. And it's been interesting with the airbrush, like you just did a very good practice for my airbrush skills to like just paint random rocks. Cause like picking out like the high points, highlighting things. Cause I'm not doing any, I don't want to do any brushing on them. I just want to do it all with airbrush. So it's super quick. So that's just, a, a fun yeah. Time. I, you know, I've been, uh, okay. This hobby, right. So I, you know, what yeah. I've really been struggling with lately is my airbrush. So, I do really well, uh, and maybe because they're easy. Okay, granted, uh, the droids. Like I did the, I did my my Magna Guard and and the new droid leaders, all all with airbrush with a little detail work with brushes. I did all. I did a bunch of of uh, vehicles with my Foley with my airbrush with a little detail work, and they all turned out magnificent. But when I come to like organic stuff, I really struggle with using an airbrush and like it, there's just so many details and like all these like crevices. And I, I, I just I can't like fine tune that I'm really struggling fine tuning that to like make it work in a way that makes sense to those like more organic models, you know. It yeah, it takes some practice for for the smoother contours like cloth and stuff like that. Um, but ultimately you can still do it. Uh, that's, I basically painted most of my rebels, my rebel troopers and my pathfinders and everything with just airbrush. 
and then I threw like a wash or it was basically brown colors with the airbrush. And then I threw like a dark wash over them and called it a day. So um, how, do, how do you do like, okay, let's like, for instance, um, I don't know, use like a jacket that's coming up against a, a corner or something like, how are you? Oh, I'm hanging on. This cow is so bossy, you know, no, keep, keep for, talking. for being so keep wrong. Talking. I'm just grabbing them up. all the time. <laughs> can't even um, go get a real model i mean yeah it's all practice like i i don't know how to do any of the like jackets or whatever but like yeah <clears throat> starting with big models like that's why i like all my rocks because i can just practice getting those contours in on bigger models and hopefully i can do this kind of stuff one day so you still end up having to do the detail with a paintbrush but yeah. like this is this is not going to come out very well this is biston <laughs> um and the, the, the cloth on Biston is entirely airbrushed. Hmm. Unfortunately, the focus on my webcam is not cooperating. Yeah. Uh, but basically what I did is like, um, as, you know, you just like everything with airbrush is directional, right? So I just yep. did Zenithal. Like I primed him black. I sprayed him dark brown from basically all directions. And then I did like a lighter brown from like a 45 degree angle. And then I did like a tan, like a sand colored tan from straight down. And then I threw a wash on them and that's it. Um, and then I did the details with a, with a paintbrush, but like, I mean, maybe it's, maybe this doesn't fully answer your question because Biston is basically just wearing like one giant coat. Um, but yeah, uh, I just, you know, like, uh, so the Magna guard, I, uh, uh, their capes, I did a really great job on, but mm -hmm. the reason was because I, I did them separate. Like I didn't, I didn't, spray it while it was all together i sprayed yep. it the while they were off uh -huh. um and so that went really easy and i had a great time doing that but it was that's a long larger swath of like fabric it's not as like crevicey and detailed it's very like um dramatic right in the way it flows and stuff so it was much easier to work on that i i think i really struggle on like you know, like Leia's pants or her jacket or, you know, stuff mm. like that with the airbrush to a point where it's, it frustrates me. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going back to the brush because I know what I want and I know I could probably get it out of the brush with a little bit of water and work and whatever. But like, yeah, I just been struggling with that lately. That's been my really big thing. Yeah. I mean, especially if you want to make like in that instance with Leia, like her pants and a jacket, a different color, that's yeah. going to be tougher. Yeah. Um, I have seen people do that with an airbrush. Uh, I am not one of the people that's capable of that, All right. <laughs> at okay. least without some kind of masking. Yeah. Um, I've seen people do crazy detail with just like pure airbrush. Uh, I don't know how to do that yet. Um, I don't have the small enough nozzles to do that. Mm. Um, I'm content with the broad brush stuff and using masking. And that's enough to like, you know, you still have to use a brush for some stuff, but that's enough to make the mass production part of painting efficient enough for me so um I, th I think the answer maybe is like don't worry about it um yeah maybe it's not like i think the, re the reason i want it to happen is in my head it feels like it should be fast like i'm all about speed right here yeah. like let's get this done and i'm really not entirely I, I i had some good experiences with the contrast paints but as of late, I really haven't enjoyed the way they've they've been working for me. And like there's specific things they just don't work on at all. And I've been really not happy with that. And so I'm like, OK, well, how I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how do I make this happen fast? How do I, you know, and and 
I'll get there. It's just been, you know, I've been struggling with shading the shades too. Like I, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I think maybe I'm at a point where I'm graduating maybe to the next level and going, all right, I, I don't want this anymore. I want something, but I want something better for myself and my models. And uh, yeah, so maybe that, maybe that's where I'm struggling. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my airbrushing level is like, I usually like, especially if I'm doing like, like a guy, find like what's the biggest color i'm going to do and i try to do like sort of a two color blend across the whole body basically and then that just gives some nice contrast to then start going in with a brush yeah um and i find like that takes away that's like 50 percent of the model done if you can just do like a two color blend with the airbrush yeah yeah i hear you I got to work on it. Something I got to work on with my limited amount of time. Well, and the, the old expression is um, for like a tabletop standard, like if you only have so much time to focus on just a handful of things, faces and bases. Um, like basing, you, I'm real good at. Yeah. Basing is like the single, frankly, the single most important part of like a tabletop standard model looking good. Um, and it's really like a good base is really not even that much effort. Um, you, personally, I have settled on, I ended up doing through trial and error, four different basing schemes for the four different factions, which I thoroughly regret for a variety of reasons. One of which is we now have lots of multi-faction units and I'm like, <laughs> how am I going to base these pikes? Like, yeah. um, yeah, I still haven't resolved that question, but the other is just that I, I kind of went from like a most difficult and least good looking to like easiest and also best looking and basically what i settled on um is using one of the uh, gw texture paints you can also get texture paints from yep uh, army painter i think yep um you can make your own with you, you can, can make go your own. get i've brought this up but you can um you can go to hobby lobby or any any of your you know uh, hobby stores you can get acrylic paints and you can get whatever color and then uh in that same acrylic section for like painting uh on canvas paints they have textured paint basically or or they have a uh it's kind of like a like a, a thick thicker that dries thicker they'll give you edges and stuff so you can you could get any of that you don't have to do it but yes i enjoy the citadel textured paints as well uh yeah so I just, I just do one of those, like my droids are, um, it's like a dirt base with grass. So I do like the brown texture paint. The name is escaping me right now. Brilliant? Uh, no. no. Bloodlands? Um, Sterling something. Sterling, Sterling uh, Battlemire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those two. Um, so I throw that down. Uh, I then like dry brush it with like a lighter brown. Um, and then I basically just throw some like Elmer's glue on there sprinkle some static grass on it yep. and then take some tweezers and put like a couple of grass tufts. Uh, they're the army painter uh, grass tufts, which we sell on the fifth trooper.com. <laughs> um, I think Jay, do we still sell those? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you can also get uh, uh, if you want like different alien biomes I did for my clones. Uh, I did the gray texture paint. Um, again, the name is escaping me. Um, Astro granite. Yep. Astro um, yep. uh, Dry brushed it like a lighter gray, gray once it dried. And then I just glued, um, they sell like pink and purple and orange and teal grass tufts too. 
online somewhere. Yeah. I don't think it's Army Painter and somebody else, but um, just glue those on with tweezers and like it looks great. Um, super simple, basically three steps. That's it. Yeah, let me see here. I'll give you guys some examples. So same, like um, I've been working on, let's see if you guys can see this. So if you guys can see this, this is kind of like a lava base that I've been working on. And so basically what I did was I, I primed the base black and then I painted uh, just red all over the base. Then I went over with, oh, geez, I forgot which one it is. It's the black one that makes it look like that makes it look it's like lava. Crackle paint. Yeah. yeah, crackle paint. So I went over with that with Citadel and then I did a little lava orange and yellow in there for the highlights and then white for the really high ones. And then this one I actually did. So this is a combination. I actually put a little bit of a stone on there, but this is a combination of the two Martian um, Citadel texture paints that they have and then a dry brush over it. And so, you know, though that's as easy. That's that's how easy that can be. Yeah. And that looks awesome. Um, here's, an, here's an example of one of the um, this is Padme, but it's one of the. Oh, yeah. Felicia. Um, yeah, because it kind of it looks kind of Felucia like, but the various alien tufts on it. Of course, the green not picking up that well. But, um, and then this is just like the normal, uh, the normal grass, green grass on top of the brown green screen, brown earth. Yeah, it's green, green screen. But um, yeah, it's super easy. Looks great. So yeah, basically any sort of texture paint and/or crackle paint plus a dry brush. Mm -hmm. And then whatever sort of additional stones or grass foliage. Yeah. Yeah. Like for like my clones are on uh, Geonosis slash Tatooine slash Undescript Desert Planet. Yeah. And I just I just combine various types of the like the two Martian GW ones. Um, and like a lot of them I haven't even dry brushed because it comes out already good. I mean, I might go back and do it eventually, but the I usually just undertone it with a dark brown so that the crackle paint shows through really nice. Is that is that Shadow Collective Mall? Very oh, nice. Yeah. 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 So what Ooh. I did was I took instead of he came with that little thing that he's like jumping off of. I just yeah. took a rock and I covered it with that Martian iron crust and mm -hmm. then had him jumping off of that. So I'm doing all the him and all the Mandos with the Martian iron crust. Uh, so it's funny. Somebody uh, I think we were I think it was the three of us were talking about this last time. Uh, yeah. Here's one of the Mandos. Mm -hmm. Um but we were talking about basing and you guys were saying the same thing. Oh yeah. I base. So I based all these guys with this base. And I was like, we, I do everything different. And uh, a couple people like wrote to me like, Oh, thank God you said that. Cause like, I felt like I was the only person in the whole world that was just like, I don't know, this unit's going to be on grass today, you know? Yep. And, and uh, yeah, I've always done that. And I, it's, I think for me, and I, maybe I said this in during that podcast, but it's worth repeating. Like, each unit in my in my head, um, I have a vivid and wild imagination um, has a story. Right. And so like when I was doing like my stormtroopers, like each stormtrooper was on a different planet, like dealing with something different. So like I have, you know, guys that uh, that were stuck on this desert planet for years and years and years. So like their armor is all cracking and wearing down and then or, you know, maybe they're on a swamp planet. But I just always have these stories for each unit um you know and, and that seems to help me decide the basing and and i know it doesn't cohesively go together but 
now who looks like the smart one now with all these shadow collective ones right like now nothing has the same base or this doesn't matter anymore consistently inconsistent yeah yeah exactly um, um yeah kyle genuine basing question here that just came to my head do you put any sealant or varnish or anything over your basing um short answer is yes if i'm not using grass tufts or static grass uh, I have heard that sealant does weird things to that. So um, I typically will seal my models before I put that on if I'm yep. using any kind of any kind of grassy thing. Um, but otherwise, yeah, like um, this this is my original rebel, uh, much more difficult <laughs> um, basing scheme. I, I was going for like a crate, you know, like the red dirt with the salt over it. Um, it ended up being way too much work and I kind of started getting lazy. But it's basically like red with... It's it's play sand, and then I painted it red, and then dry brushed it white, and that was like, I mean, painting play sand is horrible. Um, so yes, like oh, shit, <laughs> caught him. Uh, uh, stop holding models up to the camera. Um, it's Biston. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not going to use him anyway. Um, <laughs> there you is. <laughs> sorry, sorry, stabcast Ryan. Um, <laughs> No, I, uh, yes. So if it's something like this that doesn't have vegetation on it, then yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've yeah. heard that it like crystallizes on yeah. grass or something like that. So I, a- I've never, even in my, even in my Warhammer fantasy days, I never, ever did it. And I think it was always because I found that once I did that, if the model fell off and something happened that it never matched really well and because it would take more of it with it i felt like um but that's just always been my thing i mean i like because i varnish everything um not not tufts but like yeah once the but basically once the model's done and the basing's done then i like i airbrush varnish so i just do it all together and i usually like i usually get a batch ready so like his varnish kind of sucks to clean out of an airbrush so i'll get like yeah, that's bold <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think it's bad i just it's just not something so okay all right controversial question for you ready yep bases you do them with the model on them or do you do the base and then glue the model onto it i do it after i paint the model Same. with with the model on it yeah okay so that's typically how i've always done it but uh-huh. recently I was noticing that like I would see like a buildup around their feet and I'm like, well, it doesn't look like they're on the actual whatever land that they're on. It looks like they're sinking into whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so I have recently begun doing the bases separately and then putting here, I can show you using like the blue tack and using a tool like I don't know for those of you that are listening audio, but using a tool like this to then like paint them off the bases and then and then glue them onto the base so that they look like they're actually on top of the material versus like you know sinking into it or whatever. Yeah, I think it's possible that looks better in the end. I'm just um, that's like a, a bridge too far effort wise for me. I think I gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, so for me, it's like, it just makes more sense to like when I'm putting them together to put them on the base and then I have something to hold them when I'm painting it. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, so, maybe I'm having an identity crisis. I think I'm like, uh, you know, I think I started this off saying I'm I'm a very impatient man, but I'm doing all these things <laughs> to like be better at a, be a better painter, you know, but which are probably costing me more time in the long. Well, I mean, maybe not. I don't know if you've got like a good system where you stick them all yeah. onto one thing with blue tack. And I mean, who knows? Maybe that's more efficient. But. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, the way I mitigate it is I try to choose bases that seem like wet or that's something you'd sink into. Yeah. Um, and like I use a lot of crackle paint because turns out cracked desert is you often do sink a little bit into it. Yeah. But like my rebels are all snow base. So I, what I do is like I go in and I put like not footprints, but little indents sort of all around. So it looks like like an army's walk through. And then yeah. them being a little sunk into it makes sense. And like one of you stirs on Battlemire uh, mud, it's mud. And I just sort of put little indents all over yeah. it. So it looks like an army's march across it. And then it makes sense that they're a little bit sunk into it. So. Yeah. It's these weird things that bother me, you know? And <laughs> I think maybe I'm just, I think, I, I think I am at that point where I'm trying to level up and I, I never really thought about it. I've just, you know, personally growing and, and not liking the things like today. I actually, I'll show you guys. I was trying to, um, so I'm working on some of the shadow collective. So I had a few minutes and I started working on, uh, one of the, you know, the lizard ones. Um, and I started using, yeah, black sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I, dude, I'm so tired. I think of them as as like orcs more than like lizards. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. Uh, but like, I started to use like for those of you watching on YouTube, like I started using um, the the speed paints. Uh, but I just hate it. Like I'm just not happy. <laughs> like it looks fine, but like I'm just going. It's not good though. So like I I just got upset and and. So I just did it to one and I'll just hit them with primer again and start over. But basically I was just like, oh, it looked good on the um, scales. So I'll probably keep doing it for the scales, but like the cloth and all that, it just didn't look great. So I just going to start over, but it's, yeah, I'm really struggling, right? It's the speed, speed to table versus like, this isn't good enough for me anymore. So yeah, know, it's I'm... a weird, weird time in my life. Both the black sun and the pikes, I'm having trouble visualizing what I want them to look like at the end. Yeah. Which is always the tough, like one of the toughest things for me to paint is like, I have to figure out what the end is going to be and start. But like for most other models, like, I mean, you know what clones look like, you know what stormtroopers look like. Um, So, but pikes and black sun aren't quite in mine or probably a lot of people's heads the same way. Um, So trying to figure out (laughs) what to do is my my next step for them. Isn't that funny? Like, I, I I'm with you a hundred percent on that. And I remember, like, when I first started Legion, I was like, oh, I miss, and that's why I did some of my stormtroopers like on different planets and stuff because I'm like, oh, I miss the creativity of, of fantasy Warhammer fantasy. But now that I've got some creative license, uh, I don't want it, and it's really bothering me. And I just and but I don't really care for the pictures that they have on the box either. So I'm just like really struggling with, I'm with you. Um, I will recommend, I watched a Serastro did a one for the pikes. That was really, really a really good video. Um, I highly recommend it to everybody. Like, yeah. 
Go ahead. I, uh, I, I mean, Sarastro or other people who paint like models on YouTube, I usually watch at least one of those for new types of models. Yeah. Even if I don't copy their scheme, I just want to like get an intuitive understanding of like the process of the model um, without having to yeah. stumble blindly in the dark. And like, I do recommend that just to like see how all the different layers and what things people are like pointing out on models is like the hard thing to get because it just helps a lot to figure all that stuff out before you start. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing too, I was watching the Pike one by Serastro and he, he like, he's doing the same. Listen, he, I'm, I don't want to compare. He's a much better <laughs> painter than I'll ever be, frankly. Uh, but he's doing that same thing. I felt like when he was doing the pikes, like he's adventuring and he's like, okay, so, um, you know, he was doing the, uh, the Citadel color contrast paint. And he's like, okay, so I'm going to mix these two contrast paints for the skin tone. Cause I don't really like either of these colors. And then he did it. He's like, but I'm only using it for the skin. And then what I'm going to do is go over it with it. And I was just like, oh man, that's super, that's super cool. So uh, yeah, he he's he did he did a great job on those. Um, I mean, listen, he's a great painter, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I'm talking up Serastro while he's got you know tens of thousands of views for every video, yeah. but but you guys know what I mean. Like, I just I didn't I I, I never looked or watched those videos. I just wasn't interested because I'm like I'll just I, I'm I'm kind of a guy that like anything I do um even stuff product we create for the fifth trooper i'm like I'll, I'll just work it out somewhere in the middle right and so like i just make a bunch of mistakes until i like sort it out and so i've always been like that with painting but yeah i've just had this itch lately where i'm like oh, you know what I'll, yeah let me check out Sir and see like see what he's doing <laughs> you know? so well, uh, and like those tutorials like i don't follow them when i paint i watch it from start to finish like when I have downtime or whatever, and I usually yeah. watch them quick and maybe like sort of skip through a little bit, but it's just to like get a full understanding of the model. Um, and just also like seeing other people's vision of what those models can look like can both show you, oh, I like that. Oh, I don't like that. Um, so just yeah. like seeing pictures of other painted models. Yeah, you get a feeling for, yeah, I like this, don't like that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah send, cool. us, send us your pike and black sun color schemes because i this this is actually the third thing on my on my topic list was like i have no idea how i'm going to paint my pikes um i'm glad you guys brought it up it's like this this seems like it's this is a common struggle yeah um i just yeah. like i i'm with you i don't really like the the colors on the box um i don't want to make them i also don't want to make them like brown like my rebels are um yeah i don't know i'm at a total loss um my uh, my my one guiding principle like all my armies calador blue from dw is like the color i use for things like when i need an accent color that's what i use which and I, across all the games i play which means like my display case actually looks pretty cool because it sort of has this like one color that goes through all the armies um like War our warhammer fantasy stuff and like star wars legion stuff um so i think i'll use calador blue sometime but Calder blue is a pretty noble color for to use on some criminals. So <laughs> it'll be yeah. just little bits, not a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. The trick is trying to make them look like, I mean, they're a street gang basically. Yeah. So I, I want them to look kind of grungy, but also I don't want them to just look like rebel troopers, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm not really sure how to do that. So 
Um, listeners, if you have any suggestions, please hit me. <laughs> uh, send send us your pike photos, your pike color schemes. Yeah, I saw somebody's the other day. Uh, shoot, I'm trying to like quickly find it, which is a nightmare between all these groups. If you don't <laughs> know their name, uh, but it was one of our boys from Germany. He painted the, uh, yeah, these orc lizard, whatever you want to call them, and yeah. he he did like an amazing job. And really, I think he did pink for the collar instead of yellow, and he did. Um, the name is escaping me. I know. What, was this like the purple and teal and yeah, yeah, with the he's black a friend of ours? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry, I forgot his name, but but uh, yeah, he did a great job, and I was just really impressed with it, and that kind of made me think. You know, it made me think about it differently, and I was like, oh, right, so we can do it this way now. You know what I mean? Which was nice. Um, oh, Killian. That's right. Killian Young uh, yep. out of Germany. Go. Yeah. He just put up pikes too, where he did their, he did their, their breastplates neon green and stuff. Um, if you guys want to see it, it's in the, the Facebook group. For oh the yeah. Star Wars I got to check that Facebook out. Group. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm very excited. About yeah. He this. did. He did a great job. Actually, you know what we could do for everybody watching YouTube? Why don't we just, why don't I just share my screen real quick? Uh, and then you guys can see it on the old you youtube yeah yeah technology <laughs> yeah, if we did this you know smart um, um well in, in the interim kyle the criminal oh and you got it the criminal element i'm kind of thinking of maybe doing my like uh syndicate as like 1920s gangster style uh-huh. of like good looking guys like all dressed up for battle instead of just <laughs> <being friendly. laughs> but uh, we'll see <laughs> That's funny. Let, me, let me see if I can find his black sons. But yeah, he he did a, he did a great job. He, Gillian is always doing amazing stuff. Um, he's a really good painter. Aha! Here they are, Kyle. You'll you'll like this. Uh, share my screen. Here, this is what I was talking about. Look at those. Oh yeah, oh. that's that's incredible. That's they're beautiful. It's not just the colors, like the how however he does this effect, um, it almost looks like it's lifted out of like a comic book or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you can actually see, like, you can kind of see the blending. Like, it's very well done, and you can, like, it's yeah. like diagonally blended almost. Yeah, like the it's so good on on the purples. Yeah, it's like diagonally, so it doesn't stand out as much as just straight lines mm. yeah it's incredible but anyways yeah so i saw those and he's he he's always got amazing paint jobs so killian young go check him out he's he's amazing there you go oh yeah hold on i wanted to show you guys this <laughs> sorry dude this guy he's he's crazy this is riveting audio content check this out the spider droid <laughs> oh i saw this, this yeah so yeah. for those of you listening on the audio it's i don't care <laughs> just come over to the youtube like i don't know like sorry but he's got a spider droid that's actually climbing up uh like a cave wall that's attached to the base dude it's so good it's so <laughs> that's good. awesome i love how he's still like actually carved out the firing arcs yeah yes um, yeah <laughs> yeah i I also would love to see uh, someone plump like three of these down on a board 
and yeah. uh, <laughs> judge are these legal <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> and also what is uh what counts for uh line of sight <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways yeah um yeah so yeah he does he does great work and i just saw those and i was like oh my god those are amazing like um but anywho anywho i'm i'm aspiring to be better everyone all we can do mm-hmm. yep <laughs> indeed um all right well uh you, you guys have any final final topics final thoughts uh, this will be coming out late but uh, come to probably the next bi-weekly uh, Legion event Winnipeg, Manitoba, Tuesday nights oh, mi- mini Shout out to Manitoba I guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, this is just we just do all local shoutouts now Jay that's how this works uh, yeah what is happening to this <laughs> podcast oh you guys are going to really regret this I'm going to um, have so many shoutouts <laughs> Uh, we have many. There's many extravaganza this week, right? Oh yeah. Oh that God, thing. is that this week? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I didn't even know that was yeah, still a, a thing. 14th through 16th, or whatever the dates end up being. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So the the new mini extravaganza dates. Um. So I'm sure. Excuse me. That we'll have something to talk about next week from that. Um. Maybe. I mean, I feel like what's left. Like, I guess they'll show us some future state stuff, but I mean, really, like everything's kind of out maybe they'll get swoop bikes out and show us what crit to dodge means that'd be nice <laughs> crit to block just, <laughs> just just wait when they show the ewok battle force uh, command cards and i'll give everything standbys <laughs> <laughs> all your ewok troopers uh, gain standby things, tokens and aim tokens within range one <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, good luck fitting an entire Ewok unit within range one of anything. You know what I think would be an <laughs> insane thing? It would be insane, but would be an amazing, an amazing card or 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 like or thing that the Ewoks could do. Like at any point in the game, they could drop a card to take over like a heavy vehicle, and then you just get to take that from your opponent and use it. Like that would be that would be <laughs> so good. That would be a, a reason to never bring a heavy again. Yeah, well, I, I, I was gonna say one, one pip, just remove one ATST from the table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the two log things. Yeah, yeah. but just like wouldn't that be? I know, I know it'd be crazy, but like I wonder if you could do it in a way where it's just for like one round or so. You know, like like Luke's card where where you can make it attack the enemy you know what i mean like yeah. hey, hey i took it over for like a round or something or a turn you know i think that it's just funny enough that it would be i know it's stupid and broken but it'd still be funny <laughs> you know? i'm i'm both excited and nervous to see the ewoks <laughs> yeah. like what their stats and cards actually do same yep. yep um all right uh who knows maybe we'll get some of that this week um I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll just get a bunch of painting streams, which would be fine too. Yeah, then maybe we can figure out the pikes and uh, back suns then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we are the notorious scoundrels of Kyle. I'm Jay. I'm Jimbo. Sorry, the baby's not here anymore. Um, <laughs> stay fresh, cheese bags. Next week, more Fox News. <laughs> <laughs>